Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today on the Charlie Kirk Show, we give you an instant rapid response update of what's going on with the Chinese virus. We dive into what parts of the country are reacting irrationally to this virus. And we also put forth specific solutions of how the United States can handle this infection and this pandemic. And finally, we talk about some good news. That's right. Some good news that the media is missing that you need to know that you can spread. So I want to put a smile on your face and I hope I can do that because there's too much doom and gloom. We're going to give you positive news, true news here in the Charlie Kirk show. We are doing rapid response shows as the Chinese virus continues to spread and the country goes into shutdown. We are your place for news. Make sure you're subscribed. Type in the Charlie Kirk Show to your podcast provider right now. We are on Spotify. Hooray. Thank you to our Spotify listeners. Type in Charlie Kirk Show. Press subscribe right now. Take out your phones. Make sure you're subscribed because we are going to be posting episode after episode after episode, keeping you informed, keeping you calm, cool, and collected so you know what's going on in the world and giving you the conservative analysis that you need. And email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. That is freedom at charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Wash your hands. we got a great show in store. I think you're going to be happy and you're going to feel better about your country after this episode. I know you need that news. So stay tuned. Here we go. Go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. All right, everybody, welcome to this edition of The Charlie Kirk Show, Chinese Virus Episode Number two of this week as we go and we give you the news straightforward, unfiltered, unlike what the mainstream media is doing. So where are we at right now? Unfortunately, we report as of the recording of this episode, over 100 people have died from the Chinese virus. Uh, there's over 5,300 confirmed cases. There are four people on the Brooklyn Nets that have been diagnosed positive with the Chinese virus, one of which is showing symptoms, three not showing symptoms. Uh, if that little sample size of able-bodied men, essentially very athletic men, is indicative, uh, that is troublesome because that shows that most people are actually not showing symptoms. And again, that's not exactly emblematic of the entire sample size, the entire uh, United States, but that should be reason for concern. Uh, the White House and Center for Disease Control have issued guidances, if you will, to not gather for more uh, groups than 10 people. There's a $1 trillion stimulus plan that is being proposed. There are some really good ideas in the stimulus plan and some ideas that we are going to push back a little bit here on the Charlie Kirk Show respectfully. And uh, I also want to go back in time. The last time that we proposed an economic stimulus plan, it does look like the President of the United States uh, has been internalizing some of the feedback that we have been giving here on the Charlie Kirk Show and many other places to balance both the health costs and the economic costs and not look at them as mutually exclusive. 
And the Dow is up 1,000 points, recovering some of the losses from Monday. Still important to remember, though, that the Dow is about 28% off its highs from just a month ago. And so there is a lot of economic uncertainty. The conversation that's happening right now in the conservative movement, and we are right in the middle of it, is what is the cost benefit analysis? What, how much cost are we willing to incur? How much um, economic slowdown are we willing to uh, endure to stop the spread of the virus? I think the president of the United States is doing a tremendous job by now talking about that we are going to kill the virus, that we have to wage a silent war against this enemy. However, I'm going to push back against people like Congressman Brad Schneider that are saying that this is the most daunting task of America post-World War II. I think that only allows the license for government to get far too big, far too quickly. Uh, We as conservatives, we as freedom lovers that listen to this podcast and that follow this podcast, thank you, by the way, uh, we do not want a crisis to be taken advantage of by the statists and the collectivists to have our freedoms and liberties taken away, to have the debt increased beyond anything that it needs to be increased to, and also the government continually grown. So I'm skeptical and apprehensive of a trillion-dollar stimulus plan, especially after we saw the Barack Obama, President Obama stimulus plan that was just around $800 billion that did not accelerate economic growth at all. Now, the tax cuts I'm all for. We'll dive into actually what is in the stimulus plan. But first, with currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, you might think that there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker to blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts, esports, and many more. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Quite interesting. I don't know how you would wager on that or the players or how many hot dogs they would eat. But that sounds like something worth exploring. Be sure to use your promo code PODCAST1 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your full access wagering solution. You can visit betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code PODCAST1. I, like you, am just so let down that March Madness has been canceled. But let not your heart be troubled, folks. You still can get your 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use that promo code podcast one. So this is the debate that's basically happening right now in the conservative movement, which is there's some people that are saying shut the entire country down, shut it down at all costs. We need to kill the virus immediately. And there's other people that are saying, well, what is actually killing the virus look like? And we're already enduring massive economic collateral damage. Today, Marriott Hotels announced that they are letting thousands of people off work and they are furloughing them. I talked about on the previous episode, I encourage you to go back and download that episode and listen to it because we are giving you the um, news as it comes to the China virus in real time. The Chinese virus is spreading and we are giving the news in real time. And that's why you guys got to make sure you're subscribed to the Charlie Kirk show for all the instant alerts and all the flow of information. But there's a, there's a discussion happening right here, as we talked about in the previous episode. There's a discussion happening in the conservative movement, I should say, of how much liberty and freedom are we going to sacrifice? How much liberty and freedom are we willing to give up to try to prevent the spread of the virus? I'm actually trying to be in this skepticism camp saying, hold on a second, there's going to be a point of intersection and someone needs to write this formula and someone needs to say this publicly where shutting down the American economy for 10 days or 14 days could far exceed the costs of what the virus could actually 
uh, do in our society. Now, I'm not minimizing what the virus could do. However, we are coming to a fulcrum point where we are potentially going to have far more damage of drug usage, alcoholism, isolation, lack of purpose, suicide, people that are going to be without work to try to stop the virus. Now, we want to stop the virus to preserve life. And let me be perfectly clear. I think that the elderly population have been mistreated generally. Uh, Nursing homes are way too inhumane. We do kind of cast aside our elderly in America, and I actually think that we as a country can do this a lot better. I think that some of the Asian countries actually get this better than we do, where they will not put their elderly in nursing homes. They'll actually have their elderly live with them in their homes, and you see that statistically and anecdotally when you travel to a lot of the Asian countries and Middle Eastern countries. I don't like the entire nursing home industry in America. I think there's a lot of abuse that happens. There's a lot of negligence um, and a lot of I don't see it, therefore it's not happening. Um, And my grandmother was in a nursing home for some time, and I can tell you that uh, I did not like it. And uh, it was the only decision that we could make at the time, and it was the humane moral decision that I supported. But I could tell you that you know, we visited her every single day and that it was very intimate um, and very personal. However, there are a lot of people that did not have that kind of personal connection, and I don't like the way we do that in our country uh, on average. And so these uh, elderly people do deserve the kind of dignity they deserve, the protection uh, that is currently that currently the Trump administration is giving them. However, there has to be a balance because you have elderly people right now in their 60s and 70s that are now 30 percent poorer because of the economic shutdown. So the very elderly people that we are trying to help are now poorer today than they were a month ago. So this this argument that elderly people are going to be completely protected by this is just not true. And I could tell you, I went to Panera Bread this morning. Um, They have this nice new deal, actually. I'm not here to be, I'm actually not by any ways compensated to promote it, but for $8 a month, you can get unlimited coffee. It's a really a great deal. I mean, it's something else. Uh, I love competition. I love the market. Everything should always be centered around market-based, family-based, community-based solutions because I love the market because now Starbucks is probably going to come up with their own competitor to it. And we're all going to be able to get cheap coffee during the Chinese virus so we can be hyper-energized and talk about the Chinese virus and stay up late and do whatever we do uh, because of the free market. But I digress. I went to Panera, and I'll tell you what. There were a lot of elderly people out there, and they were smiling and laughing. And I thought to myself, if you're not quarantining, then why? what are we doing? And it, I, probably that, that Panera Bread is going to be closed very soon is probably what's going to happen. In fact, I think that in the state that I'm currently in, in an undisclosed location, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm at, at the Turning Point USA headquarters in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and you hear that, Antifa? Now you know where I am. Good luck is all I can say. There's plenty of people that will be there to stop you. And uh, the entire team is laughing. That's all I have to say. We love the Constitution here at Turning Point USA. Um, but when I went to that Panera Bread I did talk to some older people, some elderly people, and I said, what do you guys think about this? And I know this might come as a surprise to a lot of our listeners, but out of the five people I talked to, three out of five said, oh, it's being overblown by the media. It's not that bad. Don't believe it. There is so much distrust in the media. There is so much distrust in the news-giving institutions and lines of communication. It's going to be really hard to convince the American people to take this seriously. This entire crisis has been made by the media and the media is wondering why people are still filling up on Clearwater Beach and they're still wondering why there's record amounts of people, you know, uh, partying in nightclubs. It's because we don't trust the media. And guess what? 
media. You're it, maybe if you weren't lying to us pathologically for the last couple of years, we'd be taking this a little bit more seriously. Maybe if you didn't say that there was verifiable proof of Donald Trump colluding with Russia. Maybe if you didn't screw up uh, headlines and screw up news and information and unknown sources for years, we would trust you a lot more. Uh, the reason why people are not taking this as seriously is because, for good reason, they're skeptical of the media. I mean, the healthy skepticism towards the media, and they're also skeptical of our government. Now, they're not necessarily skeptical of Donald Trump. There is the portion of the population that if Donald Trump said, go left, they're going to go right. If Donald Trump says quarantine, they're going to dance on their roof because they're going to do the exact opposite of Donald Trump says. Um, however, I do think that people are naturally distrustful of government institutions. I don't think that's actually that unhealthy of a thing. I actually think the more skeptical we are of government, generally the better. I don't think we should look to government for meaning. I don't think we should look to the government for the end-all, be-all. I will say, though, that Donald Trump is coming at this from a very good place. And as a constitutional conservative Trump supporter, I have to tell you that I think it's good to be naturally skeptical of government, but look at the data analytically, rationally, and independently, and uh, you're going to find your own conclusions. And breaking right now, uh, Kevin Durant, KD, actually just tested positive for the Chinese virus. I know this is going to sound really weird to a lot of listeners, but I actually had a dream last night uh, of uh, Kevin Durant was in my dream. That was the weirdest thing. And so clairvoyance, maybe, you might doubt it, but uh, Kevin Durant, breaking news right here on the Charlie Kirk Show, Kevin Durant just tested positive for the Chinese virus. We wish him a speedy recovery. We don't know if he's in the pool of people that are showing symptoms or not showing symptoms. Here's what we do know, though, is that when you have 335 million people, it's very hard to control them. And I'm going to get into uh, some of the best and worst responses to the Chinese virus and also the challenge that President Trump has. I'm going to build out the challenge, and it's something that's going to be very hard for him to solve. But knowing him, he'll be able to solve it. But do you know what companies like Ring, Hint, and Tecovas all have in common? They all use NetSuite to accelerate their growth. Successful companies know that in order to grow faster, you must have the right tools. If you want to take your company from 2 million to 10 million or to 10 million to hundreds of millions in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives you the tools to turbocharge your growth. You guys have to know your numbers, all you business owners out there. With NetSuite, you get a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place, right from your phone or computer. NetSuite will give you the visibility and control you need to make the right decisions and grow with confidence. That's why NetSuite customers grow faster than the S&P 500. NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system, trusted by more than 19,000 companies. It's the last system you'll ever need. NetSuite is where business grows. So right now, schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Six Ways to Run a More Profitable Business, at netsuite.com slash kirk. That's netsuite.com slash kirk, netsuite.com slash kirk. And so uh, Kevin Durant is asymptomatic, is what we're being told. Is that right? Asymptomatic. Um, And he tells everyone to be careful. I do have to say, as a sports aside, I'm having sports withdrawals, by the way, the likes of which you can't believe. I just see footballs and basketballs laying around the office. I'm just like compulsively dribbling them and throwing them up against the wall. Um, It's not good. The fact they canceled March Madness, this could end up being really bad. Um, I'm half kidding, of course. I love sports. I think sports are the way that we communicate 
our pursuit of success in our country to the next generation, something that we should never sacrifice and never forget, which actually segues to a challenge that I think that President Trump has. And then I'm going to get into the best and worst responses to the Chinese virus. Um, Here's the challenge President Trump has is that, look, if you're going to tell a bunch of Europeans to stay at home for a month, they're going to celebrate and drink wine and do whatever Europeans do, which is pursue mediocrity and basically, yeah, be, you know, absent of a faith-based connection. Of course, I'm generalizing, but that's 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 the European ethic is um, basically embrace uh, being okay. Americans are restless. In fact, that was Alexis de Tocqueville back in his original essay when he came. If you don't know, if you guys don't know who Alexis de Tocqueville is, actually one of my favorite authors ever. Alexis de Tocqueville was a French journalist, essentially, or a French author who came to the United States um, on a fact-finding mission. He was sent by the French uh, ruling class to try and come to the United States and analyze what exactly was it that motivated Americans. Uh, Alexis de Tocqueville made a lot of observations. He said, America will only continue to be great if it continues to be good. But he also said, my favorite analysis, and I love this since I read it in high school, and I've used it in speeches ever since. He said, Americans are restless. I love that. That's so true. And I think that's a positive thing, that we're not okay with the status quo we're always trying to improve ourselves, improve our families, improve our relationship with God. Um, it was actually, it was called Democracy in America, published in 1835. Um, but Alexis de Tocqueville said, said it best when he said Americans are restless. And so when you tell a bunch of Europeans to go take time off, they're going to go enjoy it. And that's fine. And I'm not trying to be anti-European. We have a lot of listeners in Europe and a lot of people that are from Europe. But Europeans, if we're honest with ourselves, do not have the same sort of entrepreneurial work ethic drive that we as Americans do. I mean, you could not pay me money to go live in Europe. I mean, when I visit it, I even get a little anxious. I'm like, I don't like this. Everyone just seems to be happy with being okay. I like the pursuit of excellence. I like the grit. I like the, we're going to be better than everyone else. I like the superiority complex of Americans. I like the, you know, people say, Charlie, what kind of music do you like? What kind of sports do you like? I always say, I like excellence. I like the best. That's why I love the Olympics. That's why I love March Madness. That's why I love the Super Bowl. I like people under pressure, being their very best, pushing the boundaries of humanity. I love it. I love a concert pianist to a concert violinist to a concert cellist to uh, someone diving in the Olympics. If you are the best at what you do, I want to support you. I want to look at it. And again, there's certain things I like more than anything else. But here's the challenge that President Trump has. And he has as much admitted this, is that Americans are not going to take just sitting around watching Netflix all day quite very well. And we shouldn't. That's not who we are. We're, we're the people that wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go for a three-mile run to get into office by, the office by 6 a.m. to try to get that next purchase order, to get that bonus, to get that raise, to push ourselves. We are a culture that buys more self-help books, that indulges more in the Tony Robbins-type lifestyle than anyone else because this is embedded in the American ethos. And so when you tell a country just to kind of, hey, do nothing for a couple weeks, and I'm on these group text messages and I'm, I'm spending time with these people, it kind of sounds like a death sentence. I mean, that sounds so far away. You know what people process that? They say, a couple weeks, that's, that's five flights, that's 25 meetings, that's the potential bonus I could get. And, and there are, there's a counter argument where people say, well, we worship money too much and we do all that. I, I don't buy into that because uh, true entrepreneurs are not actually going in pursuit of the monetary uh, reward they're doing because they love what they do. I mean, you're telling high school basketball coaches that are earning, you know, basically minimum wages, and you're telling pastors that they can no longer shepherd their churches. You're telling um, people that run charitable 
institutions that they can no longer go into work. You are deriving people of their purpose. Now, there's an argument to be made um, that the that we have to sacrifice some of that for the greater good. I don't like that kind of language. I'm just it just makes me really anxious. Okay, I'm gonna say that, and I I'm being fully candid, and honest. The greater good is just we as conservatives we start like running in circles like because of course the greater good is like flashbacks to uh um the manifesto but i'm not saying that's what's being advocated i'm not saying that's what's happening right now i just don't like that language uh being used because we are um we are first and foremost sovereign individuals and sovereign beings um and i shouldn't necessarily say death sentence because people are actually dying so this is the challenge that president trump has and I'm right there with him, and I'm a full supporter of President Trump and what he's trying to do to keep the American people safe. And from his from his standpoint, there's very little he can do here except trust trust the medical professionals and try to create a pro market stimulus. However, it's challenging. It's and I and I my my advice to President Trump is continue to allow the states and the localities to enforce the shutdowns or to enforce have them own this politically. Do not institute a federal travel ban. I think that is I think that would be a mistake. I think that allowing mayors and allowing governors to own this politically and own the cost of it politically is the only pathway forward. And so we as Americans are adventurous. We're curious. We're we're we we we're, we're always wanting to push to the next horizon. That's the frontier spirit that is that is within the American ethos. Go to the moon. Go west, my son. That is who we are. And now when you're just kind of telling people stay home, what what, what are we French? I mean, that's, 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 it's, it's, it's anti what we are. And so I'm just trying to warn the populace and warn these po- podcast listeners, people are going to get very irritable very soon. And so I'm not saying there's going to be violence. There's people that are saying that. That's wrong and that's irresponsible, nor would I ever condone any, that behavior at all whatsoever. What I am saying is that people are going to get restless. People are going to get antsy. And I think there is going to be that kind of pent up economic boom that President Trump has been talking about for quite some time. And so here's some of the worst responses. President Trump has been terrific in allowing the states and localities to make these decisions themselves so that they can own it, so that these people can see the face of the decision makers that are actually implementing the reforms. This is decentralized um, federalism at its best. I think that allow the cities and allow the states to enforce these measures is exactly what should happen. So some of the worst. Are you ready for this? The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department is releasing inmates from its jails and cutting down on how many people it books into custody to protect those housed in close quarters from the growing coronavirus pandemic. So let me just get this straight. We're trying to prevent people from getting the coronavirus so we're going to allow hardened criminals back on the street so that they can go rape steal kill and burn our society this goes to my argument los angeles county sheriff's department you democrat leftist anti-american open border marxists and this is nothing to do with president trump president trump's making the right decision saying hey you want to make these decisions we believe in local governance but the la county sheriff's department any sort of local officials that are allowing this to happen, if one person dies because of this, you're going to be held accountable. To be perfectly honest with you, if you've committed a crime and you're an inmate in a jail and you've been sentenced, you should not be granted clemency because there might be a coronavirus outbreak in your prison because now you're putting other people in 
jeopardy. You're now putting innocent people in jeopardy. By the way, are we even testing these inmates that they might have coronavirus? Isn't it better that if every prisoner is in the jail that has coronavirus, they're literally quarantined. Like, they're not going anywhere. Wouldn't it be logical to allow them to continue to stay in that quarantine? Because, I don't know, they're quarantined by a judge order. They're quarantined because they committed a crime, tried by a jury of their peers, and sentenced to jail. The other worst response, the runner-up, we got some beauties today, by the way. Our team did quite a good job. New New Orleans Mayor Latoya Contrell, Democrat, no surprise, signed a China virus emergency order last week, um, allowing her to ban the sale and transportation of firearms. Have we learned nothing post-Katrina? If you guys remember post-Hurricane Katrina, they I think they banned firearm. Uh, they did the exact same thing where they banned firearm sales, and the NRA, I believe, sued and won. Uh, we'll get a fact check on that. There was something around that. However, um, there, were loot, there was mass looting, there was crime, and there were people that did not have the ability to protect themselves post-Katrina. Champaign, Illinois, last Friday, another Democrat mayor invoked an emergency ordinance giving the local government the power to prohibit the sale of firearms and ammunition and alcohol during the crisis. Now, I'm not exactly a drinker like at all, but is now the right time to deprive people of alcohol? I don't know. Maybe you guys can make that decision. Maybe yes, maybe no. Um, everyone's laughing in the room right now. Again, I'm not exactly, I, I actually am going to be impartial on that one. I don't know if it's a good time. I don't know if it's a bad time. I just think it's sort of silly. It is a bad time to disallow people to be able to protect themselves if there is bedlam, if there is chaos. Another beauty, San Francisco will legally prohibit residents from leaving their homes except to meet basic needs, including visiting the doctor or buying groceries or medicine uh, until at least April 7th. What no one's talking about, Mayor London Breed, who is the Marxist mayor of San Francisco, what no one's talking about is the homeless population is going to be a petri dish for this China virus. And my heart goes out for these homeless veterans out there and these homeless people, uh, a lot of which who are veterans, which is why I said it that way, um, that are going to be, essentially, they're going to spread very, very quickly. And to go back to uh, a fact check, I was proven correct here in the Charlie Kirk show as I kind of just go into directions we're not always planning to go in. Uh, back in 2005, they did confiscate guns and then the NRA sued and they returned the guns to the citizens. So this is nothing new coming out of New Orleans. Um, and by the way, the mainstream media has been uh, reporting on all the failures, but there's actually some optimism here and there's a lot of things to be excited about. And there's one big thing that I, I wish the media had is headline news and the market would have probably went up 2,000, 3,000 points if we talked about it. And it's thanks to President Trump. But first, every year, millions of men across America dread spring cleaning. But I'm here to tell you with a couple simple steps from Tommy John, the revolutionary underwear brand that's redefining comfort. There is a way to play this out to your advantage. Step one, Spring clean your underwear drawer and toss out your old-fashioned ratty underwear. Step two, treat yourself and upgrade to a few pairs of Tommy John underwear. And I have to tell you, some people I know said this stuff's unbelievable. They say it breathes, terrific, and it's really soft. So there you go. Step three, when your fresh underwear is delivered, slip into them. Don't just wear it. Slip into them and experience the no-roll waistband for a perfect fit. That's because Tommy John obsesses over every little detail and stitch by using proprietary fabrics that perform like nothing you've ever worn before. Their underwear comes with a no wedgie guarantee. There you go. That's what they say, so it must be true. They've eliminated visible panting lines for women, and their quick draw fly has been proven to save men 
over 217 unfurling minutes a year. Tommy John is so confident in their underwear that if you don't love your first pair, you'll get a free refund with the best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Refresh your drawers with Tommy John and put the spring back in the step this spring. There you go. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. And I'll tell you, people just rave about this product. They say it's soft. They say it breathes. And they say you need it. So you should too. Everyone's talking about it. I tell you, people say Tommy John 100%. So hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Charlie for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash Charlie for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Charlie. And so here's the good news then. The media, if they were really doing their job, and here's what frustrates me, is that the media is in a country destruction ratings cycle where the more they talk about the country being destroyed, the higher their ratings go. So they just keep on trying to talk about the bad news, and it's doing a disservice to the mind space and to the entire country, I think. But here's some good news, everybody. The the Chinese virus vaccine is now being tried. It has been a record time. Um, Dr. Fauci, who has been getting mixed reviews, but overall pretty good. Um, he said that he thought it wouldn't be available for 12 to 18 months. Um, but it looks like it's gonna be quicker than that. It looks like it's gonna be a lot quicker than that. It's being accelerated. And can I just say, this just goes to show how screwed up our regulation is. Why aren't we expediting all the vaccines always? Why are we not expediting every form of life-saving drug? Why does it take a pandemic and 100 people dying in 5,000 cases and shutting down the American economy for us to say, oh, that should be expedited. Why is the Food and Drug Administration not always in an accelerated capacity? This is something that the president, President Trump, has talked about for years. He has done his best to reform it. But it shouldn't. everything shouldn't always be an urgent public health priority. In fact, this should set the new norm at the Food and Drug Administration. This should be the new standard that every drug that could potentially save someone's life should go through 24-7 review. If it's that important, then nothing should stop it. Uh, finding a vaccine is, quote, an urgent public health priority, Fauci said. Um, and I, I do think more psychologically than anything else, because vaccines, the flu vaccine, for example, only has about a 45% efficacy. Uh, so that means that 55% of the flu is basically a placebo and doesn't have any sort of effect to people. But psychologically, it, I'm telling you right now, as soon as they announce the vaccine, the market will probably climb 5,000 points. That is the breaking point. You heard it right here on the sh- It's not quarantines, not cases. We in the West, have been conditioned from a young age to believe vaccine equals good, vaccine equals uh, prevention, even though that's not totally the case. The vaccine did eradicate polio. The vaccine has helped generally with the flu, but it's mostly a psychological benefit. It's mostly psychologically going to help people. Um, There's also optimism growing that drugs from the past uh, may help treat the Chinese virus. Um, I was talking to a lot of people last night, and there's some drugs that were actually helping in South Korea, the anti-malarial medication that is proven to really help in South Korea that could help here in the United States. Um, A microbiologist and and immunologist at Northwestern, Carla Satchel, said that, quote, finding new uses for old drugs is a good strategy, end quote. So we got plenty of stuff that is FDA approved. And guess what? During all this nonsense and all this noise, the silent killer right now, um, and by the way, they're still predicting 12 to 18 months before the vaccine is widely available because of testing time. I think that's going to be widely accelerated. I've heard that it could be six to eight weeks when it's announced. That's all we need. We need the announcement. We need a plan. Look, Americans can get through everything, anything. Americans get through anything as long as we know what success looks like and a timetable around that. I'm not convinced we are out. We are, we are in that circumstance yet. We need clarity. We need to know how bad things are. And we can climb ourselves out of it. The 2008 financial crisis and the 2009 financial crisis um, was bad, bad, horrible, awful until we realized, oh, okay, 
No more banks are going bankrupt. It's going to take us three years to climb us out of it. Now we're good. It was still bad. The recession was still awful, but we climbed ourselves out of it. But yes, the vaccine is getting to phase one and it's happened in record speed. Some other great news though. Did you know that cancer is one of the leading causes of death in the country? This is amazing news. Cancer death rates continue to decline. Uh, We just showed right now, a new report out shows the overall cancer death rate has decreased by 1.5% on average per year from 2001 to 2017. This is because of free market forces in our medical system. Market-based healthcare will rise the quality of healthcare. And for all of you right now, you Bernie Sanders, Bolshevik, socialized medicine advocates, go take the next flight that you can find to Rome and tell me that socialized medicine is the answer to our country, where they are sending old people with opioids, 80-year-olds, back to their homes to die without even last right provisions, because Italy is mostly a Catholic country and last right is considered a sacrament. They're not even to give them last right provisions because there's so many old people dying because of socialized medicine. You know what happens in socialized medicine when you ration things out? What happens when you have government control things? Inefficiency, ineptitude, and also you have people dying. Now, our healthcare system has a lot of problems. But guess what? Because of the wealth creating engine that is the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world, we are going to be able to treat more people with a China virus than ever before. And I know you keep on hearing me say China virus. We're going to get into just one second exactly how we're going to hold China accountable. And we're going to talk about Congressman Jim Banks, who was on Tucker Carlson last night and did a terrific segment. But to close the point, the report found that the overall cancer death rate decreased in every racial and ethnic group during 2013 to 2017. And guess what? Here's some other good news. This is all medical healthcare based news. And I'm getting this from humanprogress.org. I highly recommend it. Um, they are a free market good news website that talks about how things are actually getting better, not worse. I think we need more good news. I highly recommend it. Humanprogress.org. We at Turning Point USA, tpusa.com, uh, read it all the time. But here's this. Do you know that the second patient cured of HIV, Adam Castillejo, is still free of the virus more than 30 months after stopping his antiretroviral therapy? He was not cured by HIV drugs, however, but by a stem cell treatment he received for a cancer he had, uh, the Lancet HIV Journal reports. This is great news. This goes to show that we can cure HIV in our lifetime. Again, credit to humanprogress.org. So now I want to go back to why I'm calling this the Chinese China virus, whichever way you want to call it, China virus, Chinese virus, credit to President Trump. And he said in the press conference, let's actually play this tape really quick, where he says, well, there's nowhere to, no one to blame except the people that actually started it. China and others have criticized you for using the phrase uh, Chinese virus. Uh, how do you feel about that? Are you going to continue using that phrase? Well, China uh, was putting out information which was false, that our military gave this to them. That was false. And uh, rather than having an argument, I said... Uh, I have to call it where it came from. It did come from China. So I think it's a very accurate term. But no, I didn't appreciate the fact that China was saying that our military gave it to them. Our military did not give give it to anybody. The media is apologizing. The media's defense of China is sick. They say, well, doesn't this create some sort of kind of stigma? Despite Ebola, despite West Nile, despite the Spanish flu, and I'm just skimming the surface. We did the whole list on the podcast yesterday, all being about the region they come from. Somehow we can't call it the Chinese virus. And by the way, let's stop treating China like they're low on the wealth and competence hierarchy. Okay. They are the second wealthiest country in the world. They can handle a little criticism right now. They can handle a little bit of harsh tone. They're, they're not some third world country. Okay. That we're picking on. 
It's not as if we're just picking out some random country in the third world that you know has not been ripping us off on trade and building Confucius Institutes and spend, sending spies into our country. And so, yes, I am going to call it the Chinese virus, and the President of the United States is unafraid to say the same. But guess what? Now it's time to make them pay. They need to pay hundreds of billions of dollars in costs for what they have done to the world. They could have stopped this if they would have done an international press conference starting in November or early December talking about how this thing was spreading throughout their country. You know what? They could have stopped external flights outside of China to other countries. They could have self-quarantined their country. And they didn't. They have allowed the entire world to be infected. Iran, they're saying millions of people could die because of this in Iran. And guess what? I consider the Iranian mullahs to be anti-Western theocratic maniacs, but the people of Iran do not deserve this. Italy is in total crisis right now because of this. And the United States is in total shutdown. The Chinese are to blame. The Chinese Communist Party is to blame. In fact, let's play some tape from Congressman Jim Banks. Um, I was texting back and forth with him about this, complimenting him and the great Tucker Carlson who uh, aired this. And it takes a lot of courage to go after China because that is not the consensus in the ruling class of Washington, D.C. In the kingdom of Washington, D.C., it is not the consensus. So one thing I've noticed is that the more people learn about how dependent we are on China for critical goods like pharmaceuticals, medicine, the more upset they are, the more bewildered they are that we let this happen. Do you think, I, I know this is complex, but if you could just sum it up for me, do you think Congress will actually act in meaningful ways to make this country more independent? Well, I, I hope so, Tucker. I'm going to do my part. I mean, one, one other thing that we can do is stop the VA and the DOD, the two, two of the largest health care networks in America today, from buying medical equipment from China. I mean, th- those are substantive, real ways that we can uh, begin to, to disentangle ourselves. Everyone listen to this right now. China is the greatest enemy to the United States. In fact, I had a 2018 and 2019 op-ed that I wrote that exact thing about a year ago, uh, about a year and a half ago, where I said that China is our greatest enemy. And a lot of people said, oh, Charlie, that is very heated language. No one can defend China after this. We don't need them. They lie to us. They hack our cyber grid. They send spies to our country. They build Confucius Institutes. They build islands in the South China Sea, and they have now infected the entire world. Kudos to you, Congressman Jim Banks. I would love to have you on the podcast sometime soon to talk about how we need to punish China. That's right. Punish them for what they have done to our country. A hundred people have now died because of China, and that's only going to go up. Trillions of dollars of wealth has disappeared because of China. And I hope it is a warning to our ruling class to dissolve all relationships to China or else it's going to be your political future that will soon disappear. And I will not support anyone that continues to bow down to China. And God bless President Trump for calling it what it is, the Chinese virus. And President Trump had a great response that we just played in that tape where he said, you know what's insulting? Saying that our military started the Chinese virus. It's awful. I have no tolerance for anyone that continues to bow down to China. So now I want to end the show with a country I think that we can model our response off of. There's a great article by Peter C. Earle in the American Institute for Economic Research who said the following is titled, uh, South Korea preserved the open society and now infection rates are falling. Uh, basically, the argument that he makes uh, is that he uses South Korea as an example for America for how we should handle the current pandemic. Uh, South Korea has the fourth most cases of the virus, but they did no geographic quarantine or state-enforced shutdowns, and cases have been falling ever since. How did that happen? Well, first, they leveraged technology, thank you, free market, and private property rights. Store owners stayed open if they want to, but they, they can turn people away if they don't wear masks or if they look sick. 
That would never work in America, by the way. That would be held up in the courts instantaneously because of political correctness. And by the way, in a future episode of The Charlie Kirk Show, I want to do an autopsy of how much lawyers have contributed to this whole thing. Fear of being sued. I think the fear of being sued has contributed to this entire economic shutdown and the canceling of March Madness. We'll get to that in a future episode. South Korea also had drive through testing stations are everywhere. Now, I do have to say this, though, that South Korea was dealing from an advantage because of their proximity to China. They're, they have to deal with these sort of viruses so often, SARS, MERS, H1N1. So this is not the first time they've had to essentially activate their infrastructure for something like this. 10-minute um, tests for uh, patients and drive-through testing with amazing efficiency, and they could get it on their phone whether or not they have it within two hours. Incredible. They also set up a voluntary self-diagnosis application, but mostly though, South Koreans are using the skills they learned during H1N1, wash their hands, voluntary self-quarantining, no self-touching their hands and social distancing. And quite honestly, the one difference though, and I will push back a little bit from this article that is true, South Koreans just act behaviorally a lot different than Americans. They're going to be more likely to just self self distance. We are much more diverse, aspirational, adventurous, and curious people than South Koreans are. And there's nothing wrong with South Koreans. It's just um, archetypically you're dealing with something completely and totally different. Uh, Italy has dealt with this totally differently, and it's been a total disaster. They have 31,000 confirmed cases. Uh, my goodness, they have 2,500 deaths. Uh, the Nobel Prize winning chemist Michael Levitt says the following quote, Italy's higher death rate was likely due to the fact that elderly people make up a greater percentage of the population than do in countries such as China or France. They also have a big smoking population. So just so you understand this, Italy is on pace to have more people die of the Chinese virus than died in 9-11. Just so you understand the pace that they're on. More people will have died of the Chinese virus in Italy very soon than died at 9-11. Just think about that. Well, China, they lied about to the world about the severity of the crisis. 81,000 cases and 3,200 deaths. They jailed the first eight doctors. This is how evil China is. It's unbelievable. They jailed the first eight doctors who came out and tried to blow the whistle about this and tell the world about it. After it became so undeniably bad and spun out of control, they started using draconian measures to lock down their citizens. Today, they kicked out American journalists from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post. Uh, we'll see if they start actually covering it fairly and starting being harsh on China. I just can't wait to open up the New York Times one day and cons- have them consider China an enemy. I can't wait. Uh, we have no idea if they're still lying about how bad the crisis is, and uh, there are no U.S. reporters to tell the truth. So regardless of what your personal position is, and regardless of how bad this pandemic gets, I'm certain of at least one thing, and this is really important. It will come to an end. This too shall pass. It's biblical in Exodus. It is now up to our generation to balance our commitment to liberty, freedom, personal property with our love of country and our commitment to the general welfare. The Bill of Rights and the rule of law will truly be tested. How much do we love liberty and how much are we willing to destroy our economy? How much do we love our conservative principles? But how much do we love our country and love the people that could be suffering with this? We have to find the balance. I think we're a little bit out of balance right now. I think we're sacrificing too much productivity, too much prosperity, too much liberty, too much freedom. Communist parties don't fare well in robust economies, but they're very tempting when people are in dire economic straits. Do not allow the left to say what Rahm Emanuel used to say. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Do not sacrifice liberty today so that tomorrow you can feel a little bit safer, 
so that next year all of a sudden you're like, wow, I wish we could have that liberty and freedom back. That's how we got Obamacare. During the financial crisis, we said, well, we need to do something big and bold, and we passed Obamacare. That's why we've seen the national debt and deficit explode post-2008, because we've got addicted to cheap money and borrowing at an unsustainable rate. As we saw the mayor of Champaign, Illinois, ban guns and alcohol. And so, look, some of you might be thinking, Charlie, these are extraordinary times. Certainly, they're extraordinary measures. Fine, I agree with that to an extent, but where is the limit? And I'm saying right now, we're pushing that limit rather hard, if not have crossed that Rubicon. Everything has to be brought back to balance, and I think we're slightly out of balance right now. And the President of the United States recognized that today when he was talking about the need for an economic revival. If Bernie Sanders was president, he would be looking his chops to get pushed forth his socialist pipe dreams done right now. The socialists want to use this crisis to implement long-held status policy positions and to put them into law. It is up for those of us that love liberty and love the Constitution and love our country to be skeptical and not get caught into the hysteria of big government Washington, D.C.-centric, quote-unquote, solutions. Now's the time to fight for liberty while also looking out for our fellow neighbor. I encourage all of us to be nuanced, balanced, calm, and collected, not divulging into the pipe dreams of the left, and also not doing nothing that some of the other extremists say. Well, just let everyone die. I don't think that is the correct approach at all either. We need to be nuanced. We need to be balanced. And I do not want to go the way of Italy. Let's go the way to South Korea, where you protect private property rights, turn the corner, flatten the curve, and get back to the most prosperous, amazing wealth-creating engine in the history of the world, a robust American economy. Everyone, please email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Also, if you want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Our events are canceled for quite some time, but you guys can still chart chapters. You can follow us on social media, chip in some money, tpusa.com. And make sure you guys are subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Type in Charlie Kirk Show. Hit that subscribe button. Give us those five-star ratings. Leave us a review. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Again, email us, freedomatcharliekirk.com. We're going to be taking your questions. Thanks so much. God bless. Wash your hands. Stay healthy. And together, we will get through this. This too shall pass. God bless. From the creators of Cold Case Files and PD Stories come the next great true crime podcast, I Survived. Every week, I Survive presents chilling first-person accounts from people who overcame deadly situations, allowing the survivors to describe the events as they unfolded and how they made it out alive. If you love true crime, you are going to love I Survived. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps so you can get new episodes every week. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees... Close your eyes and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.